Do you want to know why you and I get stuck sometimes? And when I say stuck, I'm talking about in a place where we're not taking action that we know we're supposed to. It's because we make things so complicated. That's why this episode of the Doer's Journey podcast is so important. You're about to hear the story of Sam Crowley, the founder of the Every Day is Saturday movement. Sam has a knack for making the complicated simple. And when that happens, momentum gets created in your life. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. Hey, 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 Doer's Journey family, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And this isn't just any episode. This is a milestone episode that you're listening to right now because this is episode number 25 of the podcast. Wow. You know, it's been a great journey and this journey has been great mainly because of you, because this podcast was made for you, the listener, not for me. It was made for you. You know, the podcast is dedicated to moving people beyond motivation, beyond inspiration and getting them to take action. So I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast and especially to those of you that have reached out to me and told me how this podcast has impacted you, how you've taken action after different episodes. I love getting those messages, text messages, emails, people reaching out on social media, and then also leaving great ratings and talking about how this podcast has impacted you. So now let's talk about the special guest for today. It's only fitting that today's guest is somebody that has directly impacted this podcast. And I won't go too much into that because you're going to hear why I'm saying that right at the very start of our conversation. But I do want to introduce you to Sam Crowley. Sam is the founder of the Every Day is Saturday podcast. His podcast is world famous. It's been downloaded over 20 million times. That's amazing. And Sam has done so many great things has helped so many entrepreneurs so many people all over the world that he's somebody that I just had to connect with and somebody that I wanted you to hear from he has a way of making the complicated simple and I believe that's going to help change your life so let's sit back and let's listen to this conversation with Sam Crowley What is up, Carlos? I've been waiting for this interview, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm excited, Sam. And, you know, I want to let everybody know that Sam Crowley is the reason that you're hearing this podcast right now. And I just want to publicly thank you, Sam, for what you do. You know, Sam actually created a, a podcast uh, product and, and I invested in that podcast product. He helped me launch my podcast and it was so simple the way he did it. And we might talk a little bit about simple a little bit later, but I mean, Sam was somebody with over 20 million uh 
podcast downloads. I figured he's probably somebody I need to listen to and, and follow the instructions. He made it very simple. And now it's very fitting that this is the 25th episode, Sam. So this is a milestone. Wow. And so again, thank you for what you do and all that you do to inspire people to take action. Yeah. Hey, man, I really appreciate that uh, compliment. Even if, even if, you know, it, it, 20 million is a ridiculous number and, you know, we'll talk about that word simple and keeping it simple and things like that. But dude, I'll tell you what, this is exciting um, because I've seen what you've done with your podcast in a short period of time. I listened to the one you did a few back with our man, Jeff Spoon, who got us into that crazy workout regimen. But yeah. that right there is the beauty of podcasting. Like just pick something that you're really super passionate about, something that's easy for you to talk about because everybody's like, oh, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a speaker. I'm an ex-stutter. You know, I couldn't even talk till my teenage years, really. So, you know, just go with it, man. Get the message out. So what you've been doing with the doer's journey, love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and you know, I love I, this is just such a perfect topic. And you I believe you're the perfect person for us to talk with about this, Sam. But I, I do want the, to talk through a little bit about your journey. Talk yeah. to us about the every day is Saturday story, how that came about to where you're at now. Well, look, man, I mean, every day Saturday was, it just hit me back in 2004. I was driving home on a Monday night in November, a cold, Carlos, very cold uh, November evening in Ohio. And it was just one of those days I had my third promotion in four years in corporate. I'd been in the game 14 years, making about a hundred grand salary, stock options, bonus, all that stuff. But man, I was miserable. I just, I never saw my kids. I had two kids under the age of four. And my dad left, you know, just a little bad background. When I was three months old, I, you know, I wouldn't know the guy if he walked in front of me. I met him, you know, when I was 44, I went and found him in Maryland, had a cup of coffee with him. But, you know, I grew up without a dad. So all I ever wanted to be was a dad, you know. So when I got home on that cold November evening after another long day at work, it was a Monday. My daughter Madeline asked, Daddy, is tomorrow Saturday? I was like, nope. I said, why do you ask me that? You got a long way to go till Saturday, honey. She said, because it's the only day we get a chance to see each other. That was it. It just hit me. I don't know. But I think when you're ready, I mean, you know, to receive a message, I think you're going to receive it. And I think you're going to receive it from somebody close to you. And I think you're going to receive it from somebody who cares about you and cares about seeing you and spending time with you. Could be a spouse, could be a child, could be a good friend. Say, hey, we never see each other. It, it just hit me at that time. So I told her, you know what, honey? Someday soon, every day will be Saturday. And, you know, it sounds like a nice phrase and a really great Hallmark movie, you know, and I'd love to tell you that everything worked out. But I quit my job a few months later, went bankrupt, lost 300 grand, lost everything, man. Um, I had to go back to the job in just 90 days. I mean, I was running a $95 million organization, quit, went bankrupt because I went after a bad business deal, went back to the job and had to sit in a cubicle making uh, – $39,900 base salary and right back to where I started. And everybody's like, what are you doing? I said, Hey man, got to do what I got to do. I'm bank. I mean, I just had to swallow a big piece of humble pie. I mean, I had such a huge ego, Carlos, and that'll kill you, man. It got to me one way or another, humbled me big time. Cause I, I was not working for everybody that worked for me. And, but I got it at nine months because I just, I, I, I just went crazy with sales. I was back to where I loved being. And that was amongst the people. I didn't like running the show because I'm not very good. I think I've got good leadership traits, but I'm not a good, I'm not one of these guys that would go write a great best-selling book about, you know, how to be a great leader. I know how to lead where I want to lead to. And I wouldn't want to lead through the corporate game. So I launched the podcast. It was very simple. Uh, I Googled how to make money with no money. And then I was listening to these audios 
motivational audios and it just kind of all came together podcasting. So I started recording and got my first download in New Zealand. And I'm like, this is crazy, man. I don't even, where's New Zealand. I don't know if it was next to like Iowa or Philippines <laughs> or like, where's New Zealand, man. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I get an email from somebody. It's just crazy. So I was hooked. I was, I was, I, cause I've always wanted to be a speaker and I told everybody I wanted to be a speaker. And they're like, dude, you're just a dumb stuttering dummy. You know, I, I got spoken to like that a lot. Like you're dumb. You know, my old boss when I worked in college told me I was stupid from the ankles up. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, people will sow seeds into your life and you gotta, you gotta really understand, man, your value out there. And, and if I can do it like this ex stuttering college dropout with 20 million downloads, and now I'm a father of four, been married happily 22 years, you know, that doesn't happen coming from a single family kind of alcoholic mom type environment. You really gotta, you really gotta be folk and you gotta surround yourself with amazing people like my wife and people that really care about me. So yeah, it was great. That every day is Saturday, man. It was a wild night in November. I remember, I remember how the air smelled that night. I remember where the leaves were. I remember that. I remember everything about that night because that's when my life changed forever. Mm. Now, Sam, how did you, how did you push through that bankruptcy piece? I mean, that can just throw somebody, make yeah. you just do stuff you shouldn't do and just could lead you down the road. What was the difference between you and somebody else that went a different direction after bankruptcy or such a, a bad fall? Yeah, it, it wasn't easy, man, because my whole ego was wrapped up in what I owned. And once I lost everything, I'm like, well, you know, I'm always making a deal with God. Like I'm the best deal maker out there. Like, God, you get me through this and I'm going to do this. You get me to this point. And I'm going to get here, you know, and I was always brokering deals with God. And then I'm like, wow, okay, well, I can't get lower. You know, I can't get any lower than this. So I stopped. I think the biggest thing was I wanted to, I wanted my life to have significance. I didn't want the money anymore. I just wanted to have significance to my life. Mm. And if God gave me an opportunity to maybe rebound from that disastrous mistake, I was going to make a difference and I was going to lend significance. So what, what kept me going forward every day was like the first day after I filed, I filed October 11th, 2005. And my daughter was born October 5th, 2005. So I had a baby who was six months old or six days old to go with my other three daughters. And now, you know, I'm just like, I just wanted to get to the next day. I just wanted to wake up and just get because those days were so hard. And so just I cried and I was a failure. And so I remember I just wanted to get, I remember on a Monday, I wanted to get to Tuesday, Tuesday, I wanted to get to Wednesday. And then Wednesday, I wanted to get to Saturday. All right. Then Saturday, I wanted to get to Wednesday the next week. And then I started like skipping, like I can see the next week, you know, and I can see, okay, so now it's November. I just want to get to December, you know, and before you know it, it was the following June. And I had a record breaking month in sales made, I think it was $60,000 in one month. A bonus check. It was crazy. Like a, they, they changed the comp plan because I would, but I was so tenacious, like so focused in it. So I just wanted to get to the next day when I was in the throes of it. And then when I was like creating a little bit of momentum, because it's the old Newton's law, things that are in motion tend to stay in motion. So if you can just get going, I know we all have those days where your legs feel like telephone poles. You can't even get out of bed. We've all had them. Anybody that says they don't have bad days is not telling the truth. It's just, but you got to just find a way to just do anything, you know, anything. And, I, and my anything was to just wake up. 
like to just get up and put a suit on. That was good. But two months later, that was unacceptable. Next, it was putting on a suit, going to make a difference. Three months after that was putting on a suit, going to make a difference and crushing my sales job. And eventually you get so far away from that debacle in your life. Seven years later, my credit score is back to 750 and I'm not even in the same area that I used to be in that respect, mindset and everywhere else, you know? So days go to weeks, weeks go to months, months go to years and all the people you meet along the way and the experience and the wisdom you gain, you can't get, you don't really lose Carlos, you either win or you learn. And when you do anything, anything as hard as it is, you're not going to win every time. That's, that's silly to even think you would. Don't have that mindset. But what are you going to learn and who are you going to become? I'm jacked up and on fire for what, I'm, what I learned. I spend so much time on YouTube, man, just learning, just mm-hmm. learning about everything that has to do with my craft, you know? I love it, man. Man, I'm about to bust through a wall. I'm going <laughs> to give you a virtual high five, Sam. Man. I love it. And, and that's just a common theme I'm hearing from all the people I'm interviewing. You know, you're going to fall. You're going to have failures. And you don't, it's not about always winning. It's either you win or you learn, just like you just said. So, man, if we could just grab a hold of that and remember that, because it, it's, it's easy for us, like times right now, we're going good and all that. We're feeling good. But when you do fall down, that's when you really got to remember it. And well, so, let me share a story. Can right. I share a story with you? Sure, sure. So it was the, uh, it was the summer of 2014. And well, the spring of 2014. Now remember, we had three kids at that time under the age of 13. And my wife finds out she's expecting. Okay, so I'm currently, as a date of this recording, I'm 52 years old. So minus eight would be, what was I, 44, 45 at the time. Mm-hmm. And that we were not planning on having a fourth child, okay, at, at the age of 45. So my wife was like, oh my God, well, hey, this is, uh, this is interesting. All right. Well, all right then. We got rid of all the baby stuff. I mean, everything, you know, we were, we were going like looking at the condo in Fort Myers type life, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, fast forward to August of that year, my wife was uh, 23 weeks pregnant and her water breaks and we end up going to children's hospital. My wife delivered our daughter, Susan, at 24 weeks and she was given very little chance to live of 80% profound neurological disorder was the diagnosis. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did could have, could have happened. They said, I shouldn't say could have gone brain bleeds everywhere. I mean, just an absolute, you don't know what to do. You just, you don't even know where to start. So I did what I did. Just want to get to the next day. Let's just get her to the next day. Cause they said, well, she might live a couple hours, stick around, say goodbye to her. Like, All right, well, we'll go over, pray over and see what happens, you know? And it's very easy to have, say, have faith when you're not in a situation that really requires faith. But when you really got to have faith and use nothing you can do, you really got to activate that baby. So we prayed hard and we made it to the next day. Just like I said, made it to the next day. Then we got to the next day after that. All right. Well, we had to go down and say goodbye to her one more time. It was around midnight. They called. I don't think she's going to make it through the night. She made it. And then we got through the following week. She got a trach put in her throat. Next thing you know, nine months later, 221 days at Children's Hospital, she came home on a ventilator, so we're not out of the woods, on a G-tube, on a trach, but now we move into a new phase. We got to suction her trach 100 times a day. We got to pull the trach out, her only source of living, and really quickly put a new one in there before the hole closes up. You know, every two weeks we had to do that. We didn't sleep for three years, you know? 90% of those arrangements, 90% of marriages end in divorce, okay? The doctor shared with us that you guys are just off the hook. You know what I did? Every day I podcasted still. 
and I shared a blog on my face. I turned my Facebook page into a blog mm. and you probably had seen a lot of those posts. Yeah, I remember. And I just, I gave an update every day, what was going on. And every people were cheering all that. One night I did a roll call. I was just up, I couldn't sleep. Susan was up, you know, she's on all these different machines. I said, Hey, can anybody just check in where you're from? Like a meet 700 comments out of nowhere. Just mm. we're from, you know, Australia, we're from the UK, South America, Brazil, North America, Toronto, all over the place. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. So I wrote a book just based on those blog posts. I took the actual content from the Facebook post, turned it into a book, called it One More Breath. Great book, great read, inspiration. But that right there, man, we were in the throes of something really major. And we had to raise three other children, by the way, get them off. So our day consisted of wake up, drive the kids to school, get all the lunches made, send them to school, hurry down the children's to be with Susan, six hours, come home, pick the kids up, get in the drop-off line, get them and then come home, make them dinner, homework, all the stories from school, all the, the events they got to get to, sporting events, go to sleep and go back down to children's. For 221 days, we did that. Mm-hmm. So the only way I know that you, know, you can make it is because I've made it through. And so have you, by the way, everybody listening, you've made it through. Maybe not anything that difficult or maybe something more difficult. Maybe it was you that was given a terminal illness diagnosis and you made it through. You got to rely on that stuff because we don't get that stuff thrown in our way just because. You get that stuff put in your path as a way to really learn and to grow and to understand how you can bless other people and really plow through that. So whenever you want to make an excuse why you can't do something, draw inspiration from something you've done in the past or someone you know, use this story for inspiration. You think we wanted to wake up every day, 221 days, and go see a child who was hooked up to all these tubes and monitors and didn't even know that we were her mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Now, today, my daughter, I just left them in my office. She's She's in kindergarten, man, six years old, loving life. You wouldn't even know there's anything wrong with it. A little bit of a speech impediment, still has a G-tube. She'll get there. But mm-hmm. this kid is like on skates all day long. She is a lightning rod, man, all over the place. The, the joy of our life, the, the thing that we, we feared the most, that's turned into the greatest joy in our life. Mm. Yeah, and I remember that, Sam, like it was yesterday, because I, I remember your daily posts, and I remember cheering you on i remember actually shedding a tear on some of the posts and because i could feel you and your wife's emotion through that and i i was as i was watching and hearing it sam i was like man i think these posts and i didn't know i was just guessing but i think these daily posts is like therapy for sam Mm-hmm. Um, these daily things that he just keeps on going and going has been was therapy for him. So for you and man, it was a tremendous story. And I believe a lot of people's lives were changed because you decided not to let that stop you, but you just kept on going. So man, I, I appreciate that, Sam. And more well, we were very one. careful not to complain. We yeah. would complain, but then we'd come behind it with a solution. And right. that's the difference between you know, just vomiting all of your drama on social media or saying, hey, I've had a tough day, but this is this is what I learned from that. And this is what we're going to do differently tomorrow type thing. Right. And and Sam, before we get into, you know, because we're going to talk, you know, you're listening to this now and and you've already heard Sam share so much with you that you can just take, go out and apply. I mean, he he said some key words, some clues that we'll be talking about later. And I want to put a footnote on some of those uh, talking about momentum and keeping things simple. You know, Sam, I want to ask you, there was one point during that journey where a hospital bill came. 
<laughs> Talk about that real quick, because I believe this is perfect for it, because this is just another example. You are the epitome of the person in the doer's journey. And yeah. I love Sam's, you know, I'm in Sam's Facebook group. Um, I've invested in a lot of things that Sam ha has put out there because he puts out great things of value. But, you know, one of his slogans, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but you say dreamers, doers, and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, and Sam is the epitome of that. So talk to us about when you got that bill, Sam, what, what you had to do and how yeah. you first initially felt about it. I think I know the bill you're talking about. I got three and I'm going to hit two of them in about five seconds. But uh -huh. I got one ambulance bill for $3,000 called up because they just drove my wife in an ambulance five minutes away. Called up, disputed it. They went away. No one even contacted us again. That was number one. I just made a phone call, said, this is crazy. They're like, okay. And then nobody billed me. <laughs> $3,000. Okay. <laughs> Next bill was uh, $40,000. And that was because they said my wife wasn't in an emergency. Now, Carlos, my wife's water broke at 23 weeks. They bring her through the emergency room of the hospital. And they gave me a $40,000 bill for the first two nights until they got her over to the other hospital. And I'm like, this is crazy. She goes, well, I'm sorry, sir. I go, hey, very, and I was very nice on the phone. I got the very first person that answered the phone at uh, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where a great organization, by the way, I love them. And I, she, so she gives me her supervisor and she said, I'm sorry, Mr. Crowley, that's 40,000. That's the way it's, oh, okay, very, thank you so much. Hey, can I speak to your supervisor? She's like, yeah, sure. So put it on hold. I mean, they, 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 they wanted to get me off the phone more than anything, you know? So finally, long story short, I get a guy on the phone. I'm like, hey, dude, this is crazy. He goes, what, what are you talking about? I go, my wife's water broke. If this isn't an emergency, I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, we went through the emergency. He goes, oh yeah, sure. I can key this. Uh, how about 800 bucks? I go, 800 bucks sounds good. I, he goes, can you pay it now? I got a credit card right with me, buddy. Gave him the credit card, paid 800, $40,000 down to $800. And then the last bill came about two months later for $1.2 million or a million, after a million, who knows? I think it was a million one or a million two. And I'm like, you know, it, we're, we're getting just all of this stuff thrown on us, like buckets of just all this adversity thrown on top of us, you know? And I get a bill and I opened it up and I didn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, I got a hospital bill. I opened it up, you know, you see, and I saw it and I just started laughing. <laughs> I just started laughing. Right mind would ever give me a bill for a million or a million two. And I, this is crazy, man. So once again, got on the phone. See, you got to be willing to, you got to play the game, man. There's everybody's got a game and there's rules to the game and there's a winner of the game. And when you figure out the rules, you can win the game. Like I'm an avid Monopoly fan. Like I, if I lose Monopoly, I'll throw the game across the room in my family. Okay. Um, so I know the rules. I know how to win. I know what properties are best and I'm just going to stay in the game. I'll mortgage everything I got to come back and beat you. Okay. So everything's a game. I tell my kids, get, if you want to go to college, I'm not a fan, but if you are, make the best of it. Like squeeze every bit of toothpaste out of that tube, man, and use it for the connection. Just get the piece of paper, like get that piece of paper because that is why you're going and that's what gets you. If, if you want a job, okay, get that piece of paper. That's the game. That's the reward you get. That's Boardwalk and Park Place with two hotels on it, okay? So just get that. So when I called a million bucks, knock that down. I'm not even going to, I won't even take you through the craziness months and months. I mean, paid it off a fraction fraction paid it off, man. They're like another one done line them up. And at that point I just started getting cocky. I'm like, Hey, line them up, man. Line. Whoa. What else you got? Like, give me, I mean, who, who else has a bill for me? Let's go. Let's knock this out because it just became a game. And I don't, 
my wife hates when I don't, because I'm the kind of guy that does, I don't take a lot of things seriously. Mm-hmm. And my wife wishes I would, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to talk about, you know, coronavirus and COVID, but you could probably connect the dot. I'm not an anti-mask guy. I'm not that, I'm not like going to, I'm not coming in your place, whatever. But I'm just, she goes, geez, I wish you'd take some of this. I still Ange. Uh, my wife's saying, yeah, I Ange, come on, man. I mean, we're, we're, this is good. This is, you just play the game. I mean, that I'll, you know, we'll play the game, but this is, this is what we got to do to be successful, you know? And there's ups and downs, man. There's ups and downs in everything, but boy, enjoy it. I mean, just enjoy the ride because sadly enough, it ends. This ride ends. So would you rather complain about, you know, waking up or not feeling great? Or, or would you just not rather wake up? I mean, give me the choice. I'm waking up. The least I got a shot, you know? Right, right. And I, I remember you actually posting about um, one of those bills and the steps you took. And I actually shared that bill saying, or that post with somebody, mm. Sam, because I was in the midst of me doing a lot of financial coaching and all that. And yeah. lo and behold, perfect timing. Somebody asked me about, hey, how do I, how do I take care of a medical bill? And I gave them some tips. And then I gave them Sam Crowley's post. Yeah. And it it fired them up. They were like, wow, you know, yeah. it's about being proactive and asking for the next person. Who else can help you? If you can't help me, who can? And I think that's a, a great lesson, Sam. And I'm, we're going to get into this thing here, but I think that's a, a great lesson in not being scared of sharing your story because you just don't know who you're going to bless, who it's going to help that day, who it's going to help and inspire that morning um, to get up and just take action. Just like you said, take, just take the next step. Just live yeah. the next day, live the next minute. And so if, as you're listening to this now, you know, there's, there's things we encourage you, Sam and I encourage you, post, write that book, do that thing, because what you're doing is going to help somebody else. And they're not always going to tell you, and I'm sure Sam with 20 million downloads, how many times have you gotten the, hey, Sam, I've been listening to you for a long time. I just never reached out, but I just want to tell you type of post or message. All the time. All the time. So, hey, I never left a rating, you know, because I'm always like, hey, leave <laughs> I never left one, man, but your podcast has really helped me in this aspect or that aspect. And hey, you know what? There's also going to be the opposite of that, too. You're going to have not everybody's, you're not everybody's cup of tea, which is right. fine. That's not. You know, I used to hang on to that a lot, that um, approval, you know, uh, I, I, I was an approval seeker. I got rid of that. And when I got rid of that, it, you know, I, I don't enjoy if somebody says something bad about me. I, I mean, you cut me, I bleed. I mean, I don't I don't like to hear that if somebody has a problem with me or something. I wish if they took it up with me personally. But, you know, aside from that, I, I don't run around wondering if, you know, if somebody is saying something about me or doesn't like my podcast or doesn't like my product because, it's, think of it this way, Carla. Have you ever written a post on the internet and, you know, 99 people loved it and one hater came on and just blew it up? Said, eh, what do you focus on? Do you focus on the 99 or do you focus on the one? You know, the one. Of course, we go right to that one person and, and we don't sleep that night. And, who, and we go find their uh, stalk them on social media. Where are they at? You know, where are they? And it's just, it's wasted energy, man. It's wasted energy. It's Sam, just, t- t- uh, t- tell the person listening to this about that. Uh, I think you had a recent rating about potato chips. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it was all a guy does is talk about eating potato chips. I'm like, I don't eat. But then a guy in our group called me out and said, dude, you actually did say you were eating <laughs> potato chips. I was like, oh, my God. I've never even, that's how crazy. I don't even remember eating potato chips, but somebody said I was eating them and it sounded terrible. I'm like, my, that doesn't even sound, but that was a bad rating. I'll tell you the greatest rating I ever had, man. 
a guy in England, I'll never forget it. This was when I first got started. He said, there is something terribly wrong with this man. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. And, 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 and he gave me a one star. I thought it was a five star. I read it first and I thought it was a five star. And he, read, and he said that and it was only a one star. I'm like, oh my gosh, you couldn't have described me any better. That's awesome. So it's this, all how you look at stuff, man. And this is a guy that has over 800. Actually, I was rating 866. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And I just love the fact that, hey, let's focus on the positive. We can't focus yeah. on the negative. But so, Sam, talk to me. You know, this is a question that I ask everybody because, I mean, you're just laying story after story and people are listening to this right now. And they're like, who is this guy? And <laughs> how does he just keep on going through all of this stuff? So, so I want to ask you this now. You know, what is Sam Crowley's doer superpower? What's that one trait or skill that you've really been able to leverage your whole, you know, your life and throughout business that's really served you well? Storytelling. Storytelling. I mean, I've loved, ever since I was a kid, I've loved to hear a good story, a good joke, and I've loved to tell a story, you know? And when I got the, this podcasting bug 15 years ago, I mean, when I first started, Carlos, there might have been... 5,000 podcasts on iTunes. Now there's over a million, you know, and it gave me an opportunity to share a story, not even my story, just a story about anything that I saw happening in the world or somebody that I really admired that had an impact on my life. And I love my superpower. I love my, my, my kids. They want to laugh. They want to at my story. They can't because they're teenagers. They're not allowed to laugh at their dad's jokes or stories or anything like that but they want to. And eventually they'll appreciate that. But my mom had a great wit to her. You know, she raised eight kids by herself and she had a really sharp, sharp tongue. I mean, my mom, you know, we're talking about somebody who unfortunately became victim of alcohol abuse and, you know, growing up, man. And this is another thing. I mean, I've, everybody's got a story. And, you know, when I was growing up, I heard a lot and I'm not, you know, here to go all Dr. Phil on people or anything, but you know, I heard a lot. I never asked for you, Sam, and I never wanted you. I never asked for you and I never wanted you. And she was drunk and I knew she was drunk. And so for me, I didn't take it personally. I don't know why I didn't take it personally. I mean, I don't know why I didn't end up messed up all over that stuff, but I think I always took this approach and it's somebody's always got it worse, you know? And if my superpower can be storytelling, I'm always going to tell the story of the champion, the underdog, the, the person who succeeds against all odds, the everyday Joe or Jane. I mean, the person I see in the grocery store, I, I don't tell stories about Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey. I tell stories about people I meet on the street every day on how they were able to overcome and how they are thriving because people can relate to that. And, then, you know, people always you know, when they get started, I, I train, you know, speakers and coaches and consultants, and I specialize in high ticket sales. And they'll be like, well, I don't think anybody wants to hear my story. I'm like, oh, they do. Who do you think they relate to you or somebody living on, in, on a beach in Malibu? Okay. They don't relate to that person. They'll listen to them, but they don't relate to them. They'll relate to you. And if you can just get them from point A to point B through storytelling and framing it the right way, you're going to bring on a lot of business. And it's that simple. It really is that simple. Mm. Might have to bring you on for a future podcast about storytelling, man. I love that. Yeah. So that's yeah. wow. I so, mean, don't we love stories? When you were a father, you and your mm -hmm. wife, you would tell stories to your kids. They would be enamored by it. Like you, they would sit by you probably and just watch you turn the page and they couldn't wait until you got to the next page. You know, mm -hmm. we don't ever lose that as adults, Carlos. We mm -hmm. always want to know what's on the next page of that story. Right. 
Man, that's phenomenal. So Sam, brought you on here because something, something's been on my mind. And I've heard you talk about this in the past. And it's almost, I don't know if oxymoron is the right word or dichotomy here because, you know, Sam is Mr. Motivational. I mean, you can hear it in his voice. He has a smooth, silky voice that he's been, he's been perfecting over these last 20 million plus podcast downloads. (laughs) And I mean, Sam shared the stage with some of the the most highly touted motivational quote unquote speakers out there. He's had Bob Proctor on his podcast. He, and he, he, I don't know if he, I should say you sell motivation, but motivation is part of it. But Sam, I want to talk about if there's such thing as being addicted to motivation and being addicted to self growth and where this comes from, Sam, and I'll let you talk about it is I was at a place where I actually looked back and I just, I wasn't taking action, but I had a lot of books around me. Yeah. Right. I wanted a lot and I was investing in a lot of seminars and webinars, but I wasn't doing that. I was listening to somebody today. I think they said they, they had invested about three years ago in a meditation process or yoga or something. And it took them three years to actually do it. And so I think there's a problem with that. I think there's a lot of people, and that's part of the reason that I believe God put this podcast in my heart is one for self-therapy for me, because I needed to get off my behind and start taking action and start helping people and start using the gifts and the talents and the skills that he put in me to help others. Yes. But also, I just think that there's a, that's, it's very prevalent right now in society. So let's talk through that, Sam. Do you believe that there's such thing as somebody being addicted to self-growth and and motivation? Yeah, I think there's positive addictions and negative ones, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, and then you asked me earlier when we first got started, how I made it through those days. That's how I made it through those days. And there was a book. I mean, I'm not a reader. I'm a, I I love listening to podcasts, obviously. (laughs) I guess shocker, right? They always go in my car. But I'll also turn on a YouTube video. Like I'll turn on a Les Brown YouTube video or a Jim Rohn YouTube video. And I'll just let it play in my car as I drive around. Uh, Much better to listen to, you know, than the radio, especially in a political year or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really love, I mean, we brush our teeth every single day. Why wouldn't we brush our brain every single day? Why wouldn't we give our brain those types of, you know, neurons to really fire on and motivation, you can absolutely be addicted to it. But I also think that you can go into a lapse and you kind of like, it's kind of like when you're walking through the forest or maybe a set of woods in your backyard, there's a, there's a path that's been trampled down over and over and over again. And we get very comfortable going down that same path. We don't want to blaze any new path that they just over and over going down the same path. And I heard a statistic today that 48% of our lives is lived on autopilot just doing the same thing, nothing different. 48% of our life, we just live on autopilot. And that's a shame, you know, because we get one life. That is it. That's all we get right here on earth. So when you talk about motivation, yes, it's great, but you really got to listen to, like I really enjoy, like a symphony. All right, when you go to the symphony, you just don't hear happy high notes the whole time. You need the, you know, the clashing of the cymbals and to go with the high notes and the ups and downs and Oh, by the way, I've never been to the symphony. I'm not even that kind of, that's like for the beautiful people, but I'm using it as an example. So you could just go with me on this. You're doing a great job. 
But you need different types of motivation. You know, you need different types of inspiration. Don't just go look for, you know, some 52-year-old white guy. Maybe there's an 18-year-old African-American or maybe there's a, a 42-year-old Asian female that's experiencing it. There's such, there's such a melting pot of experiences and inspiring stories out there that you will never have a shortage. I would encourage you to find a podcast. Easiest way, just go to iTunes and type in motivation, inspiration, uh, money, marketing, whatever it is you want to do. Because even those shows that talk about money and marketing, they all go back to basic principles, success principles, that they would never have any kind of success unless they tapped into those. Careful though, because when I speak on stages, I see a lot of the same people that come to these seminars, call them professional seminar attendees, seminar junkies, right? right. They go to the seminar, they'll blow 10 grand, burn through their credit card, buy all the guru courses and never use them, you know? So don't, like you talk about a, a big library is great, but if you never even take the book, if it's just for a show, it's not going to do you any good. So don't have so much because there's a lot of diminishing returns and you bombard yourself with all these audios and videos. And I watch this and I watch, oh, great. Did you do anything with what you watch though? Like I'll watch something on YouTube and immediately take some sort of action. Example, you know, I watched the YouTube video Saturday night for 90 minutes about the velocity of money, booked a call on the guy's calendar to get on to teach me how to do more with business credit cards that don't report to your personal line of credit. Cause I want to build business lines. You know, that's smart as an LLC, had the LLC take on the debt, take on the, uh, the liability. So this guy might've had 200 views of the video, Carlos, it, no, not 200,000. Okay. Not 2 million, 200 views. Hmm. And the lighting was kind of sketchy. The camera was okay. Not great. But he was very sincere. I mean, he came across as just a dude that's just, he's doing it because he loves it and he wants to help you. I booked a call. So um, my whole point is you can start a movement with a very simple message. You don't need to be a rock star out there. You need to get motivated. But man, you have got to take a congruent action after you're motivated. Like that example, watched YouTube video, got motivated to get business credit, booked a call, talked to the guy today, doing business with them starting tomorrow. That's how fast. And I just watched the guy's video and he's in Arizona on Saturday. I'm in Ohio. The internet's amazing. Mm -hmm. So Sam, have, have you always been that way? I know you've shared a lot of stories here through the years since 2005 and all that. Yeah. But was there a moment in your life where you used to be the person that got yes. all the motivational stuff and didn't do anything? Or have you always been that way? No, I hated who I was, man. That's why I'm not that way anymore. Because as soon as you figure, I think it's more important to know what you don't want to do in life than it is what you do want to do. I mean, I did not want to be a fat, out of shape, lethargic corporate guy going to happy hour and waiting till the weekend just so I could ask permission to get two days off. I didn't want to be that guy. I never did anything with my life, Carlos. I never took it. Now I say I got three promotions in four years, making a hundred grand, but that's man, you know, growing up in poverty, I should be so happy. Like I felt bad that I didn't, that I didn't, wasn't a good steward of that job because I, you know, my mom, the way we grew up, man, our house sold for $4,000 in 1987. I mean, when we finally sold that house, imagine living in a house that sells for $4,000 total. I mean, raising eight kids in that house, you know, all of the things that went on. And I go and leave a hundred thousand dollar a year job with, with 20 college credits, by the way, to my name, most of them gym and health class. I mean, I, I wouldn't even have a college credit that would even convert to a real place. And I gave all that up and I felt guilty. I'm like, geez, 
Never feel guilty for wanting to chase your dream because that's the enemy in your head, stirring up all that narrative. Who do you think you are? Don't you know you should stay where you are? Yeah, that's the enemy, man. The enemy's got one trick, Carlos, and that's the lie. And I bought that lie for 15 years, from 1990 to 2005, and I'm never going to buy that lie again. And you shouldn't either, listening to this podcast. You're going to have the enemy in your head saying, who do you think you are? Don't you remember all the bad, bad decisions you made? Don't you remember all the people that you hurt? Don't you know how stupid you are? And you, that's the enemy, man. You got one trick. And once you figure that out, that he's only got one trick and that's to lie to you, you, you can't help but be successful. So yeah, I was an abject failure. I had, all the, I had all the cards, the money, all that, but so hollow inside. There was no substance to me. Now you're hearing all of this pour out. Like I could do this interview. I could go for seven hours, dude, nonstop. And it's not a show. It's not like I'm trying to be on stage. Like this is how I am when I want to share my message with other people. And I can definitely attest to that, having listened to several of Sam's videos, Facebook Lives, his podcast that, and by the way, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard me laugh and talk about actually being in my car, recording my podcast. Again, you can thank Mr. Sam Crowley for that, because with 20 million downloads, he records in his car all the time. So that's where I was motivated for that. Yeah. So, so Sam, you have this thing, and you helped me again. You're listening to this. Sam helped me launch my podcast. He had a course out there. You know, he's created podcasts. He was successful with it. And his podcast course was so simple. It wasn't overcomplicated. It wasn't all this guru magic and words I had to look up on the internet and all this technical <laughs> stuff. Sam has this gift of just making things simple. And I want to ask you about that, Sam, because you, you mentioned one thing all the time. And it's doing simple better. Yeah. And I believe that's something that can help the, the person that's listening to this in their lives. And it's something I constantly remind myself now. So where did that come from, Sam? And how does that help someone, even somebody you're coaching or for yourself? How does that mindset help? Well, another podcast. I was listening to Super Bowl Sunday this year. And I had a podcast. I had my uh, Beats headphones in. I was doing yard work around the house. And I heard a, this guy who's like a trainer to the stars. He trained Kobe and all these other people. And he's like, do simple better. I was like, whoa, my, it's just one of those moments where you're like mind blown. So I was like, oh my God, I'm taking it. I gave him credit. Like I always do the first time. And then I heard it somewhere. And now I just, I, I run with it, man. Do something. He even said he got it from somewhere. But here's the thing. When that hit me, I'm like, yes, I didn't realize that's what I've been doing. You mentioned recording in the car. I record my podcast in my car every day in a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, okay? And I've been doing it for years and years and years. Why? Because the biggest hurdle for me with having four kids and especially with Susan at the time at Children's Hospital was I couldn't set up a microphone and be in front of a computer every day, but I wanted to podcast every day. So I figured I'm going to use my phone. Well, I just need a microphone that plugs into the phone. Okay. So here, here's the thing. I was motivated. Okay. Then I took action, went to the Apple store. So I got an iPhone, give me a mic that plugs in 150 bucks. I'm out the door. Never have I looked back. I record a show every day, just about every single day. All right. Fresh new content. I'm not driving or anything. I'm pulled over, having a nice cup of coffee right there and doing simple better. So I'm doing, I'm podcasting. It can't be any more simple. We're talking to our phone every day anyway, and I'm doing it better than ever because I get to be animated. The car has amazing acoustics. I mean, unless there's an ambulance or something driving by, it's, it's like you're in your own studio, man. And it sounds amazing. 
And so now I'm just on fire even more. I mean, how could somebody podcasting 15 years get more excited? Put me in the car and I got no barrier to entry. All I got to do is get this thing to Dropbox. It ends up on my uh, computer when I get to my destination. I open up my laptop, put it out on the internet. Bam, thousands of dollars. I mean, to, and here's another thing, Carlos, is people hear 20 million downloads. Oh my God, it, that's over the course of uh, forever, okay? So I might get two to 300,000 downloads a month. That's not a lot compared to Tim Ferriss or John Lee Dumas or Gary Vaynerchuk or you know any of the big wigs. I don't care. I'm doing simple, but I'm the father of four girls married to my wife, Angela, living in Cincinnati, Ohio, living the Saturday lifestyle. That's all I want. You know, it's not that I don't want more, but imagine getting two to 300,000 downloads on autopilot every month and not being satisfied with that, you know, like not being grateful. I think grateful is a better word because gra gratitude is the magnet that brings in the miracles. You know, would you agree with that statement? Like if you want miracles in your life, become grateful because when you replace expectations with gratitude, everything changes because now you don't expect anything. You're just grateful for what you got. It's not that you don't want to improve and get better, but you're grateful for what you got. Do something simple and do it better than anybody else. Right. Why do we comp overcomplicate things, Sam? Because we want to, man. It, you know, the internet too. I mean, look at just what we're doing. We got a podcast. We're doing a Zoom call. You can always get better. Right. You go out there and see someone else doing, I, I'm, I'm not doing Zoom as well as they're doing Zoom. You know, we all get caught up. You know, now you and I, we're doing this. You and I are in this uh, eight week exercise thing. You don't think people are comparing, you know, you're chiseled. All right. I'm looking at you probably swearing a little bit when I see your photos because I want to be where you are. And I'm jealous of that look that you got working right now. But I know I'm weeks and months away from that look. And I'm kidding, by the way, I'm not really swearing at you, but yeah, we always want to be somebody and we always want to do something and we always want to have, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a Greyhound race in Texas. I got these Greyhound. You ever been to a Greyhound race? No, never. Dude, they put a fake rabbit on the inside of the pole. So the Greyhounds chase this thing, you know, and it's just, it's like, it's not a real rabbit. It's just a, a like a doll, a stuffed animal or something. And as soon as they go, they open up the gates. That flipping rabbit goes around the corner and the dogs are chasing. That's why they're running like 60 mile an hour after that rabbit just to keep them focused on. I got to get that rabbit. I got to get, you know what? Those dogs never get the rabbit. You know what? We never get the rabbit. You know, we're just never happy. We're always chasing that rabbit. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's perfect, Sam, because that's, that's where gratitude comes in and contentment. I think is a key word too that I was hearing as you were talking. And I heard somebody say this a while ago, that contentment means being grateful for where you're at, but that doesn't mean you don't want more. It's just yeah. for right now, what I do have, I'm grateful for. I'm yeah. grateful for the money in my bank account. I'm grateful my, for my current life, but that doesn't mean I'm going to just not do anything and not take any action to put more in my bank account or maybe make my life a little better based on my standards, not Sam Crowley's standards, but Carlos Frank's standards. Or if you, you listening to this, you know, what is your standard for, for excellence, for, for happiness in your own life? So I think that's, awesome, Sam, that, that you share that, you know, the way that you do. You just have a, a great way of sharing. You even share things simply. You just cut through the crap, you cut through it all, and you just get to the message and you get to the point. And I love that. And I, and I love it in your podcast. There's been times where I'm like, dang, man, 
I need to do 10 to 15 minute podcasts. And it's not just like, hey, I'm just thinking about this and blah, blah, blah. Thanks for listening. It's stuff with substance. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, that's all you can do is try. Just try. I mean, everybody, I think everybody should have a message. I mean, everybody does have a message. I think everybody should get it out there and just don't put words like platitudes. Like we mentioned Kobe earlier. That hit me hard. Like that hit me like everybody, you and everybody else. Kobe Bryant, are you kidding? And his daughter, that's not even fair, you know? And so that time around the end of January of 2020, I'm like, wow, man, that life is so short. And that's incredible. If that can happen to Kobe Bryant, but, you know, only through the grace of God, it hasn't happened to me yet. You know, meeting my demise earlier than, you know, life expectancy. Guys, you got you to gotta, you gotta squeeze this last bit of toothpaste out of the tube, like I was saying earlier, because it can happen at any time. And just try, just because here's what's going to happen when you try. When you just get going, you're going to want to keep going because once you're in motion, you can't stop. You cannot stop something that's in motion. Stop judging yourself. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop that negative self-talk and all of that. I know it's going to be messy. I know it's going to be not the greatest thing in the world when you first get started. Nothing is. It isn't for me either. But man, is it fulfilling because success without fulfillment is failure, Carlos. Mm, mm, mm. And Sam, you just you just mentioned something right there. And I actually, you know, I was taking notes like I always do. And you mentioned momentum. And I believe that's one of the keys to, you know, just part of your success. And you had this great post, I think it might have been yesterday. And I've heard you actually say it in your podcast even about just getting out when you start running, how the first couple of steps just, man, you just don't want to be up. It's too early. Bones are cracking. Joints are cracking. But then something magical happens. Yeah. Talk to us about that because I believe that's one of the keys to getting out of funks. If somebody's listening to this now, they might be in a funk. They haven't taken action. But what's the power behind momentum? Momentum's a funny thing, man. I, I think Peter Drucker, who's one of the leading economists ever in the world, said businesses need two things that can't survive without them. Innovation and momentum. Without those two, you're done, you know? And momentum, if you can just get going. The analogy I used, I think the post you're referring to is I was talking about working out, you know? The reason we don't have energy to work out is because we don't work out. It's kind of the chicken or the egg thing. So do this. Say you're only going to work out 10 minutes. That's it. Just 10 minutes. Here's what's going to happen. You're not going to want to stop. You're going to get to the gym or you're going to go for that walk or light jog and you're going to want to keep going because now you're in motion. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. And there's a thing about momentum and it starts with vision, Carlos. And if you can have a vision, you can take action based on that vision. Now it's up to you. Do you take a big action or a small action? Well, if you take small action, what kind of results, which is the next step, are you going to get? Small. If you take big action, what are you going to get? Big results. And then the last component is your belief. If you take big action and you get big results, what do you think is going to happen to your belief? It's going to be huge. It's going to be large, you know, and if it's a small result, you're going to have a smaller belief. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where now you've got vision, action, results, belief, vision, action, results, belief, and your life is going around. Again, not perfect. I didn't say anything else is perfect, okay? But what it is, is you're going and you're going. It's like that big flywheel gets turning, man. And to me, that's what it is. I wish my kids, you know, I try to drill this into their head and just let guys just get going. Don't live in fear, okay? Just do it. Who cares? It's tough to tell a teenager who cares if you get judged because that's what everything is, you know, at that age. But, you know, we carry a lot of that with us when our adult, 
is we're afraid to do things because we're not, we're only born with the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. That is it. We're only born with two fears. Everything else we learn, you know, and we learn it by our experiences and what we see other people do. You know, my daughter, Susan, will walk up to a King Cobra right now and pet it. Okay. Me, I see a garter snake. I'd be calling 911. All right. That's the difference. So it's just that momentum. Just get going. You don't got to get it right. You just need to get going. Mm. Mm. And so, Sam, I'm going to ask you, as we're closing this out here, this has been amazing, man. It's been a great conversation. So we've had somebody, they've listened this far. You've said a lot of great things, but they still might have this mindset of, ah, you know, I'm just going to listen to this podcast, but they know they need to take action. What if, if you had the opportunity to sit down and coach them, what's one thing you would tell them to do so they could go out there? Because one of the big things with this podcast, Sam, and what I love about your podcast, I don't want people just to listen, feel good. You know, that's good. They should have that. But I want them to take action. That's the doer's journey, not to just be a hearer, but to go out there and be a doer. So how would you coach somebody who might be in a funk right now? What's one of the things you might tell them to do right away? Well, look, let, let, let me just, if, for example, somebody wanted to become a professional speaker, all right, let's just use that as an example. They don't have any experience. Nobody wants to hear their message. You know, they don't sound good, all, that, all those things that go through people's mind. Okay, first thing you want to do, find somebody who's currently doing it. I, I don't care if they're a professional or not. Go, go find them on Wikipedia, see how they got started, because nobody got started. Tony Robbins has the most dysfunctional childhood of any human being I think I've ever researched. And look at him, you know, so go find out where they got their start and figure out, okay, I guess they spoke for free 20 times at a chamber of commerce and library lunch and learns. And maybe you get on an MLM zoom call and share a quick message for 10 minutes. Maybe you get interviewed on a podcast. So to say that you don't know how it's, that's not going to cut it. One of my buddies, Bob Proctor, I've interviewed him a bunch of times. I've shared a stage with him a few times as well. Uh, I actually had this limiting belief and, you know, I remember telling Bob, I said, Bob, but I don't want to, but what if that, he goes, Sam, let's just do this. He's like, he got frustrated and he's like, just let's play the game. Go ahead. I go, well, what if, what if it doesn't work? And then what? I go, well, I could lose all my money. And then what? He goes, you get a job, right? Yeah. But then I would have to be at a job. And then what? (laughs) He goes, I'm just going to, and then what you, until you actually take all those things and throw them away because they're not real. You're making up stories like Mark Twain, a great quote says, I've known a great many worries in my life, most of which have never happened, you know? And so I think when we think about that, we're living in worry and fear and anxiety. And I get it. I really do, because I don't want to be one of these self-help gurus at the I don't, I worry about my kids. I worry about a lot of things. I have anxiety. You know, I, I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but the one thing I will always do is I will always create momentum around something specific and very simple mm-hmm. that I think I can achieve in the short term. Can you achieve this in 30 days? Can you become a professional speaker speaking in front of 10,000 people? No. Can you speak at the Chamber of Commerce in the next 30 to 60 days about 
this is, you know, Pinktober about breast cancer, somebody that was very close to you. Uh, maybe you can talk about something happening in and around the world that's inspirational. Yes, absolutely. You can. It's a very forgiving audience. Do you want to not even have an audience? Do a podcast, do a YouTube video, anything that you can do in the next 30 days. There's the list is huge of the things that you, there's more things that you can do than you cannot do. And watch what happens. That 30 days turns into 60, 90. Then you're on stage a year from now in front of a thousand people. I love it, man. I think that is a perfect place to close out right there. Sam, I just want to thank you for the, your time. Um, just the, the value you brought here over the last several minutes has been phenomenal. And I, I just appreciate you, Sam. So the person that's listening to this, Sam, uh, where can they find out or, or connect with you online so they can find out what it, else you're doing? You can just hit me up. My website is everydayissaturday.com. So there's a free audio there and it's called The Power of a Dream, which is very cool. And also if you go to launchmymovement.com, you can check out a webinar that I actually show you how you can, you know, the power of podcasting because I'm always looking to find the next great podcaster. So if you want to learn to podcast right away, go to launchmymovement.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. And then, of course, we'll put links in the show notes for that so you can go out there and connect with Sam. So I want to encourage you that's listening to this. Like we always say, go out there and be a doer. Don't just be a hearer of this because a lot of the things that Sam said, you know, motivational, we need that. Motivation is good. There's nothing wrong with motivation or inspirational books and things like that. What happens is when it becomes wrong is when we just take it and don't take at corresponding action, like Sam said earlier. So take this podcast. If you've been stuck or if you know somebody that might be stuck, share this with them, show them some love and, and share this podcast with them. But more importantly, go out there and take action. So doers journey family. I appreciate you. Hopefully you've gotten something out of this, some value out of this. Go check Sam out. I highly recommend him. I've used his products. I've invested it. He does keep things simple. He does help you create momentum in your life. And as I always say, do his journey family, go out there and make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.